Thank you, guys. Could you keep the first slide? dead anywhere near dirt. I mean, look at me. Do I look like I belong anywhere near Shamba? I believe that farming is shady. You work day and night for what? Peanuts? Honestly, there are better jobs out there where you can earn more money and still keep your dignity. have the power to change you. Believe the truth. There is nothing new under the sun. Nothing. These young children think they know everything about life. Mara giggle, mara special media. I, kazi bureyote. I have survived very well without those things. I believe that I have nothing left to learn. have the power to change you. Believe the truth. Re hmm. I am a carnival. I just spend a meat. <laughs> yani, if there is no meat inside a meal, you think I'm lying. I even have my butcher's number on speed dial, my friend. <laughs> I believe the butcher when he says the meat is soft. That guy, he's always very quick to point me to the best cut of meat. You know at my age we have to watch this figure. Lies have the power to change you. Believe the truth. Yo, what up, what up, what up, yo? I just came back from the United States of America. Know what I'm saying? I was visiting for like two weeks. Know what I mean? It was amazing. It was awesome. But... How else would people know that I was in the U.S. for two weeks? Simple. I believe that I'm a speaking a trying. Know what I'm saying? Because that's the only way people are going to know about my amazing experience first hand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Lies have the power to change you. Believe the truth. Awesome. My favorite is still one at the end. And again, I just have to say I was in the States for a little longer than two weeks, just visiting. It was six weeks. But it still does not explain anything. We just need to, we always need to get, uh, get that out of the way. Anyway, uh, the, everyone who was here last week was like, oh my word, it's the same stuff. <laughs> well, that's because the war in lies still continues. It's, it's so important that we realize that uh, what we believe uh, the, the, uh, shape us, they change us, they form us. So last week, uh, we, you know, we started talking about the war on lies. Uh, we've been talking about the, uh, the warfare in our series called Battlefield. We're fighting uh, the three enemies of our soul, the devil, uh, the flesh, and the world. So we talked about the devil and, and his minions, and I... I Last week I was, I was um, letting us know that his main tact, uh, his main tact is lies. Jesus in a conversation with the Pharisees who were trying to kill him, 
uh, you know, says murder is the business of the devil from the beginning. And that they had become, uh, want, they wanted to do uh, exactly what their father was like. They had been formed into the image of the devil. Therefore, they want to murder like the devil. And that's because they've been listening to his lies, which is what he, do, uh, he does from the beginning. For generations, teachers in the Bible, like, you know, those who wrote letters and stuff, and, 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 and just early church fathers continually talked about, uh, uh, warned about deception. Don't be deceived. They warned about false doctrines. They warned about false teachers. But nowadays, that's not too common. In fact, it falls on deaf ears. People want what pleases them. And, and, and so it's gotten even worse. It's like, yet this is, this is one of the ways the, the enemy fights uh, the world and the children of God. This year, we will see floodgates open for lies, right? And, well, they already are open. Politicians will be speaking. I don't want to say like they're, that's, I don't, but they'll be speaking their native language, you know? Uh, they, people say that the only time it's acceptable to lie is during uh, campaigns. They will be lying all, all over this place. And this is actually what has entrenched division and corruption in our country. Most of, most of our issues actually come from, from uh, the lives we've accepted uh, as a people and as a person. What's happening in Ukraine right now, this guy, you know, he, like you listen to some of the things he's saying, he's selling, he's, he's selling an idea and it's, it's, it's having an impact on the world. Once in, in our theology class, I'm sorry, today was a bit long, we had baptisms, we had to pray for Ukraine, so just bear with me, but I'll, you know, we'll make it short. So, you know, once in our theology class, we were talking about tribalism. Uh, you know, they, they, there's a bit of that in the Bible. There was a time the children of Israel, uh, uh, all 11 tribes, turned against one tribe. You all might not know this happened, but it did. So 11 tribes turned against uh, the tribe of Benjamin. And, and when we were reading that, we just went, oh my word, sounds like Kenya from sometimes, right? And, you know, but tribalism is quite a human problem. It's not a Kenya problem. It's just a question of what, how do we group ourselves into what kind of tribes. So we started talking about our own country and, and the battle there. One of the stories that came up was the, was the assassination of, of Thomas Mboya. Something interesting I, uh, I noticed that day is, is people had heard different stories about what happened. It all depended on which part of the country you came from and who you listened to. Everyone had different stories about how and why Thomas Mboya was assassinated. And for this reason, there was antagonism between different people groups. See, lies can, are the source of a lot of issues even in our country. Jesus ties the root of deception to this, uh, the personification of evil called the devil. When the, and, and, and what the enemy does is tell lies over and over again. These lies often play to our disordered bro, uh, desires. It, it's not just that the enemy tells lies, it's that I like them. It's that you like them. There's something broken in me that sometimes wants to partner with the enemy. 
then what happens is that in our secular societies and sometimes even in church we normalize those lies we go oh yeah everybody does that oh please leave me alone you know as long as it's not hurting anyone what the enemy has done from the beginning is lie and and tell lies that play to our disordered desires which means as we as, as, as sometimes we live out those lies we don't get to see them because we believe them as truth the problem with lies is that we actually think that truth they sound like truth it's way easier to spot lies in somebody else's life than in your own life ask me i'm a pastor people sit across from me and in two minutes i'm like ah oh, i can see what you believe that that makes sense and i i'm blind for some of the stuff i believe that don't make sense right it's possible to do that why because the lies we believe uh, uh, seem like truth to us and the thing is that the devil is not just a liar he's a very good one at that he tells very good lies mostly true statements and half truths and oversimplification of the human condition and then become quite believable so judgment with the pharisees said that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free it seems that the main fight of freedom the main struggle against the enemy is one of 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 being liberated from lies by God's truth it's it's easier to just focus on demons and breaking curses and that is part of it but the main struggle in Jesus most elaborate uh, teaching on on spiritual warfare he talks about the truth uh, you'll know the truth and the truth shall set you free so that's what we talked about uh, last weekend so today what we'll do is spend a bit of time just talking about the nature of these lies because they have been the same from the beginning actually as Jesus uh, is doing this teaching he makes reference to a story we all know to the first encounter of spiritual warfare uh, humanity has of spiritual warfare in the Bible he makes reference to the book of Genesis which we will read so that we can see the nature of the lies the enemy tells. So here is Genesis 3. Or Genesis... Nah, no, that uh, doesn't work like that. Okay. Ah, come on. And Lord, we pray for the gift of humor. Now, yes. I like it when God works immediately after we pray. Anyway. So, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. Next slide. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for, uh, uh, for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. Just stop there for a moment. You see, it's not just that the enemy told a lie. It's, it's, it's also that the woman be believed that lie. It seemed pleasurable. It seemed pleasing it seemed wise for her so there is this thing happening there's rebellion uh, 
the devil and he's recruiting people and then there's rebellion from human beings. Uh, next slide. She also gave some to her husband who uh, was with her and he ate it. Oh yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So however you read Genesis, it does talk about the human condition. Last week I said, I, I said something I want us to remember. The devil in the first spiritual fair encounter with human beings, he doesn't come with demons, he doesn't come with, or uh, well, you could argue he is one, he doesn't come with uh, bombs and guns and swords, he comes with an idea. That one of the things that separates human beings from other, other animals is our ability to ideas, to hold unreality, imagination, and then we use our bodies to live out those ideas. And then they become true. So there is danger when those ideas do not correspond to reality. So the devil is cunning. He comes to, the, uh, to Eve with an idea, with a lie, with an idea that does not correspond to reality. And I want us to look at the nature of this, of, of this lies uh, he tells. Because, uh, so philosophers argue that there are three main questions of life and in life. One, is there a God? And if there is a God, what is the nature of him? It's a question of theology. A big conversations that are, you know, globally and even that are, you know, uh, coming up to the, to the foreground in Kenya. It's a question of, is there a God? And if there is a God, what is his nature? Two, who am I? Who are you? What are human beings? What are we supposed to be? The question of anthropology. And three, what is the good life? What is good? What is bad? What is wrong? What is right? The question of morality. This is why this is so important. What you think about God determines what you think about people. What you think about people and what you think about God determines what you think about what is good and what is wrong. It impacts all of life. You see, if there is a God and, 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 and a creator God, it means that there was design and there was intention. There was a reason. If there is a reason, it implies that there is there is a possibility of being in the, in the reason and out of the reason. It means that there is good and that there is bad, what we call morality. And if there is good and bad, it means that there is something to be accountable for. See, this is why this is, this is the lie the enemy leads with. And to this day, to this day, he tells the same lie on repeat. Sounds different in different generations. Look at what he does with Eve. He lies about God. He says, God knows you will not surely die. It's like, did God really say that? Well, God said this. Oh, God knows you surely will not die. What is he telling Eve? God isn't who he says he is. The nature of God is that you cannot trust him. That's what he's telling Eve. Don't trust what God said. He's hiding something from you. He's keeping something from you. There's something he doesn't want you to know. You cannot trust God. Then he lies about humanity. He tells Eve, you will become like God. 
Essentially, he's telling Eve that you can ascend your place in creation. David, in one of his psalms, says, Who is man that you are, mi- who are human beings that you are mindful of, of them? You made them a little lower than the gods, and yet you still crown them with honor and glory. So what the enemy is saying, you can ascend. You, you know, God and, and, and then, we'll talk about that next week. And then human beings above creation, the devil is telling Eve, you can rise and get into the counsel of God. You can determine what is good and what is evil for yourself. You can rise above your station. About morality, about, the, about good and bad, what does the devil say? When the woman... Uh, uh, so it's still you will become like God knowing good and evil right knowing good and evil and then when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable to gain wisdom she took it and ate it the enemy is telling Eve if you if you take this step you get to a place where you can do anything you want forget what God said you can be the one to determine what is wrong and what is right. You know, forget this one tree that God did, you know, forget this, all these trees that God blessed and eat of this one tree that he didn't. Do you know why? You are the one who can determine what is good for you. You are the best of you now. No one should tell you what to do. Hands off my body, hands off my house. I am myself. I do what I want to do. That's the lie the enemy is telling Eve. And if you think about it, it is the same lie from generation to generation. It changes, it twists, right? But the enemy still lies about God today. He's telling people that God does not exist. We know better. When people thought God existed, they were just, you know, not enlightened. They they wanted a way to explain explainable and now we know that Pluto is not a planet come on kudos to us we know better God does not exist he's still lying to people about God saying that even if he does exist who can know God there is this and there is that who can know God God is unknowable if he exists and for those who think God is knowable he lies to them and says God isn't good you're under punishment. You remember what you did? God couldn't forgive you. God doesn't quite forgive you. And so people keep away. I know what you did last summer. And God does too. He couldn't forgive you. And that's a movie that so many people might not remember. Well, I don't know. And then, about people, he's telling the same like David. Okay. Okay, David, stop laughing. Okay, no, you're distracted. Anyway, sorry. About humanity, the enemy tells the same lie. He's saying we can take it in our own hands. We have the right to determine what is wrong and what is right. We are gods unto ourselves. Just like in the garden today, human beings believe they can ignore what God says. We are the ones to decide what is good and bad. That's why we keep morality changes from 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 society to society from generation to generation what we're saying is hey we get to decide what is good and what is bad kick God out of this it's still the same lie but why does the enemy use lies why use lies over and over and over again why is this his best strategy 
This is it. It is by spirit and truth that we are formed into the image of Jesus. And that we are transformed into the image of Jesus. It is by spirit and truth. Jesus comes to us. Jesus leaves his spirit. It's his presence. He's present. He's Emmanuel. Then Jesus comes as a teacher. What teachers are supposed to do is give truth. Give you ideas of how to actually live life. Jesus is both spirit and truth. This is what brings the transformation. When he leaves the spirit, he says the spirit of God will lead you to all truth. It is by spirit and truth that we are transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Conversely, it is by isolation from the spirit of God, from the presence of God, and lies that we are deformed into the image of the enemy. And it is possible to have the image of the enemy. Let's not just go, you know, no, we are all being formed. The question is, what are you being formed into? Jesus looked at the Pharisees and said, you are like your father, the devil. He said, you have been formed into what you've been believing. Let's take that seriously. We were formed into the image of God. But be careful. Because you can be deformed into the image of, of, of the devil. So you have been formed into the father, the devil. Anyway, so conversely, it is, it is by isolation from the presence of God and lies that we are deformed into the broken image of the devil. And get enslaved uh, in a life of evil, sin, and death. And I think this is actually how people open their lives to the demonic. The devil cannot force you to do anything. It only happens when we give him a bit of room. I think this is how people, this is how people open their lives to the influence of the demonic. I'm not saying that sometimes it's just not a measure of attacks. All I'm saying is if there's going to be... Uh, if we're going to live a life of lies, we open doors for the demonic. Now, what do I mean by spirit? It's the unembodied personal presence of someone. You know, there's, there was something about when my dad walked into the house. So we knew how he'd, uh, he'd announce his arrival. It was always two steps. And then keys change from one hand to the other. And we know dad is home. But it was more than just, there was some, he was there. Whether he was talking to us or not, you could tell that we were in the presence of our father. And so we would move seats because there was one that he liked. I would go for counseling. Anyway, so, you know, and, and then there's something about my dad's laugh. Like, Maybe I, I might meet someone who lost the same cadence or the same volume, but it still will not be him. When you're in the presence of someone, you're in the presence of a spirit, and you can feel it. Sometimes you're hanging out with 20 people, and then one person walks in, and you can tell something changes. People lift up. It's like, wait, there are 20 people, but there's something about this one person who's walked in. You're in the presence of a spirit. That's what I mean. What do I mean by truth? Ideas that correspond to reality. And last week I said that Jesus is the center of reality. When, and these two need to work together for transformation to happen. When you're in the presence of spirit and in the presence of truth, transformation happens. 
One minus the other isn't quite helpful. It's like being with someone when you're in grief and, and they're just present and they never say anything. And sometimes that's important. It's possible for you to start believing lies anyway. Or someone who just loves you and is there with you but will never call out lies in you. They will never tell you maybe you shouldn't live this way. What happens? Over time you just get, get deformed anyway. Right? And then the, uh, the, 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 the opposite is also not formative. If someone just tells you truth, but they don't love you, they're not present with you, it hurts. It doesn't help. Oh, I think you drink too much. Oh, I, I think you're very rude. It's like, all it does is, hey, we see it in, 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 in kids who grow up with, an, with, with some sort of absentee parent. And then the parent probably just checks in to go, oh, how could you fail? How could you? There's often a, 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 a feeling for them to go, oh, now I'm going to prove I don't even like it. They were probably being told truth, but there was no presence. What I've noticed, my experience is here at Trinity and, and, and in some other spaces, the people who grow most, are the people who are, are, are given the opportunity to learn the right thing, great instruction or truth in an environment where they know they are truly loved. Those are the people who begin to reach great potential they didn't think they had. Because they know they're loved and they can receive cor correction. Now the, conver uh, the, the inverse is very, very terrible. You know, it gets so bad when the two things are opposite, when you're in the presence of a bad spirit and lies. You know, think about, you know, you've, you've encountered, I'm not saying, hey, divinity is not the best thing after sliced bread. We have our own issues. But you, you've experienced some churches and you're just going, oh my word, why? You know, because, because, <laughs> Because sometimes they're, they're church leaders. I, it, this is why there's a warning in the Bible. Not everyone should become a teacher. Who are teaching lies about giving, about all these things. And they're actually following the wrong spirit. What happens to the community that gathers around them? They're deformed. This is what happened in 2008 here in this country. And in 2017 where we lost around 30 lives. What happened is that is, is we had politicians tell lies all across this country influenced by a bad spirit and it formed this nation we have scars to this day when there's a bad spirit and a lie it just gets terrible some of the hardest things I've come across in pastoral counseling are things from, from uh, 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 parental wounds because the parent was, was, was a bad spirit and, and, and just told lies to this person. You know, things like you're unlovable, you'll amount to nothing. You could want as long as it doesn't harm anyone. Just do anything you want. Back to the story of Eve. How does the devil deal with Eve? One, he isolates her. He isolates her. Even from her husband. Spirit of God. Once she's isolated, she's ready to listen to lies. 
He, he does the same thing to this day. He isolates people. You never, your worst regret. I have a feeling that so many of you aren't here thinking of your next sin, right? Your worst regrets are when you're isolated, you're alone, or in bad company, in, in the presence of a bad spirit, right? The devil still does the same thing. He isolates people from the spirit of God, from the presence of God, and then isolates them from community. Then we are so ripe to hear lies. And it's, it's one of the big things that is destroying our, our, our uh, humanity at this time. We are in the age of busyness. Everyone is so busy. I went to Nairobi and everybody is driving on average like way faster than I expected. I'm like, whoa. And then I got arrested. That's a different story. Um, I am trying to keep the law. <laughs> I thought, I was like, I, I almost told them, but like that. Anyway, so uh, 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 what was I saying? Oh, we're, we're very busy. We're isolated from the Spirit of God. There's always a new notification. There's always a new event. There's always something to get to. There's always a party. There's, we're so isolated into social media. We're so isolated into being busy. We're isolated from the Spirit of God. And it's the most, it's the most um, connected time of the world. We're lonely from community too. What that does is that we are ripe to hear the enemy's, the enemy's lies. As a result, the, our society is more lonely. It's a hurting society. It's further from God. Suicide rates are skyrocketing. And the world is at the brink of World War III. And it's a world with no sense of morality. The enemy has isolated people them from community. I just want to make a point, uh, just one short statement. Suicide uh, is not something to oversimplify, and that is not what I intend to do. It's a real problem, not outside there, even in the church. And so if you struggle with depression, if you struggle with, with suicidal thoughts, God can heal you, would love to pray with you, but there's also room for professional help. So I just want to put this contact up, uh, up on the screen. This is, um, this is ran uh, by uh, uh, one of the leaders of the vineyard here in Kenya. So if you or your family struggles with suicidal thoughts, please reach out. It's a team of professionals, and they would love to help you. Why don't I call the band back on stage as we finish? So, to follow Jesus, we must learn to be found in intimacy with Him. We must learn to be found in the presence of God. As I was praying this week, it hit me that, you know, I, I, I became aware of the Holy Spirit first in 2003. And I was just so, it, it was, oh my word, it was, it was mind-blowing, right? And so this week I was praying and I realized it's taken years since 2003 for some of the lies I'd, been, I'd believed to be uprooted, but I could recognize that if it weren't for that, 
If it weren't for God's presence, if it weren't for the Spirit of God, I couldn't even see the lies in my life. We must learn to abide in and be found in intimacy with Him. So, um, let's learn to, 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 uh, to experience and receive and just sit in the presence of the Holy Spirit. One of those ways is worship. I noticed that David said, uh, 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 God is found in the praise of His people. Musical worship is, it's not the only way to worship, but it's powerful, right? So come to church. You know, have a few uh, good worship playlists, but it's bigger than that. I've realized that the more I spend time with someone, chatting to them, doing stuff with them, the more I know them deeply, I can feel their presence. I begin to even know kind of how they think. I begin to feel what they feel. I can look at them and I know that they're in a place. We get connected. It feels like I've known them forever. I ask, where, where did we actually become friends? You know? Now George and I think we actually knew each other when we were back in primary school. We didn't. We just went to the same primary school. But it feels like, oh my word, I have known this soul forever. This is what happens when we spend time with someone presence so it's more than going to a good worship service it's learning to do the practices of Jesus spiritual discipline is spiritual warfare praying fasting silence and solitude gathering in this community and gathering in small groups all these are means to an end. They're not, oh, I fast three times. No, they're a means to an end, and the end is to be with the Father. Two, commit to follow Jesus alongside others. This is not a solo journey. Go to church. It's not enough that you, that you tune in online. It's not enough. You need community. Unless there is no other way, go to church and deal with the mess that church is. If Jesus hasn't given up on her bride, why should we? He knows the mess there is in the church, but he hasn't given up. So don't give up. But also commit to a smaller group of Jesus followers. Because that's where you'll be loved. That's where you'll be seen. That's where you'll be held accountable. That's where you'll be encouraged. That's where you'll be blessed. Lastly, invest in the right teaching. Read your Bible. Go to church and hear the public reading of Scripture like we do every weekend. Uh, go to church where there's sound teaching. You know, in the age of the internet, invest in a podcast or two. They're just like 40 minutes. 40 minutes out of a whole week. If this is all you get in your week, something else is forming you and it's not this. Truth expels lies. Truth frees us. We cannot afford to be lazy. Laziness is at the core of lack of spiritual formation. So this week I encourage you to go back uh, a couple weeks back when we did Lecture Divina and just follow that. Spend some time in God's Word. Have, so, like, 
order your week to go, or I will try and do lecture divina for 15 minutes today. Then in the middle of the week, I'll spend some time in prayer. Don't pray as you should. Pray as you can. Then call a friend who you know is following Jesus. I'm not saying call a perfect person. I'm saying call a friend who you know is following Jesus. And journey through some of that with them. Why don't you stand? Thank you so much for your patience. We've gone a little longer today. What I want to do is, is pray over us and release us. And so they see outside. If you want to uh, catch up with someone, just check in. Ask them how they are. Or ask them what God is doing in their lives. That would be excellent. The worship team will continue in worship. And we just we want to host the presence of God. So you're welcome to remain there in presence, in worship, in prayer, or just being sang over. Uh, our prayer team is moving to the back. If you need prayer, we would love to pray with you over anything. Father, we thank you because you haven't stopped doing your work. You haven't stopped forming us from the beginning. You've been forming us into your image and likeness, and you're still doing that today. And so, Lord, I break the power of lies over everyone in this community. Whether they were said to us by our parents, whether they've been said to us by our, our, our city, whether they've just been picked up because we like them. Lord, we break the power of life. I bless you now to go into the city, to be around your friends and family, to be with your colleagues, to be with strangers who might just come your way, and be a good presence. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And be a good presence. And for every moment God will give you an opportunity to speak, I pray that you will speak truth. Bless you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. You're welcome to stand worship. You're welcome to pray.